electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Tuesday morning and welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm David Faber along with Jim Cramer. We are live from the New York Stock Exchange. Carl Quintanilla, well, he is live from the Code Conference in Los Angeles. There he is. Let's give you a look at futures uh, as we get ready, of course, to open the market a half hour from now. By the way, Case-Shiller numbers just out. Home prices up 19.7% oh, in July 19%, compared to a year ago. And you can see, of course, Jim, where we are uh, headed here. It is uh, all about perhaps the NASDAQ. That's where our roadmap is going to start right now, actually, with the, let's call it a tech flight or a flight from tech, NASDAQ futures. You see it right there. They're down sharply. Bond yields, they're up sharply. And investors are awaiting any tea leaves from Fed Chair Powell and Treasury Secretary Yellen, who both will be on Capitol Hill this morning. Plus, with tech under pressure, we are live from Code. AMD's Lisa Su on the semi-shortage, Microsoft's Satya Nadella on monopolies, and a lot more. And Robinhood CEO's defends what he calls the democratization of markets. Also an interesting back and forth with yeah. Citadel, but that's separate from his op-ed in the Wall Street Journal. Let's start with the markets, though. Huh. I mean, you were talking about it at the, uh, the end of Squawk yeah. Box there. Well, of course, you know, we got a yield above one and a half. Dollar actually hitting 11-month highs. We've got continued right. concerns about supply chain. The three of us were talking a lot about that yesterday. Yeah. Squawk Box had on the head of the ports in L.A. talking about that problem yeah. there. Yeah. Just one of so many different issues that that business is dealing with right now in terms of higher commodity costs, difficulty getting workers, supply chain issues, and on and on. Is it showing it's starting to show itself in the Yeah, and I think that people have to understand that when they hear rates, they'll say, oh, but wait a second. If the 10 years at one, you know, it's a one, you got bonds at two, you know, interest rates at two. I mean, big deal, right? No, it's not a big deal. What's happened is it's a huge deal versus where they were. On a percentage basis, when you start thinking about the 30-year and it's over to, you may, may think it's nothing, but where it was is causing the speed. It's always the velocity, David, of, right. of, of where rates move. So I think that people are readjusting very quickly. The amount of futures that traded last night, between 3.30 and 4, to get out of what was today, in other words, beat the sell-off, is often a sign of pure panic. There is pure panic going on right now, and I know that pure people, panic is. Pure panic. Can we just call it rotation? No, no. Okay, it's pure panic. Okay, because no one cares about. They're just selling these stocks on mass. They're not like, they're not like analyzing whether it's time to buy Cisco. No, 
It's just no. a giant futures trade. But, I mean, it is also the five largest market cap companies in the S&P that are right. going to be down 1.5%. Right. And they are, as Dom Chu pointed out, roughly a quarter of the market value overall of that industry. Well, you sell them. Five everyone sells companies. them, and then they go back to buying. Exa- yes, exactly. And like, I'm, so I'm this morning, trade. I have a couple of, call, a couple of calls. People, oh, yeah, cyclicals and industrials are lagging. They're rotationing oh, it to okay. them. And, of course, you're like, okay, so that's going to happen so for how long? And then when are they getting cool. back to these five names? No. When is that happening again? When is Microsoft the when safest place to be again? Because they're going to report great numbers. Now, Facebook, they don't want to get too caught up. But Facebook is the one that people keep telling me, Jim, you're way too complacent about. That there really are people going to TikTok and they're going to Snap. And I understand that. But, again, Facebook does not reflect high growth at 25 times earnings. Right. But the Micron reports today. And I think that Micron... If they say that there's an overbuild or that there's an inventory correction coming, then everything that you bought today, if you're buying tech, is going to go down. So let's just stay close to that. We uh, do. We want to. We're going to hear from Carl, who they had Lisa. Because that's why. Code. That's, a, that's gonna, why I wanted to talk, talk about Carl. chips. But before we move on to chips, let, just Wait, the broader market picture. I mean, we're going to hear from Powell and Yellen. Uh, well, you know, not- Powell's testimony, we've already, obviously, Steve Leisman's already shared a lot of, of what expected there. Inflation's elevated, will likely remain so in coming months, says uh, Powell before moderating. As the economy continues to reopen and spending rebounds, we are seeing upward pressure on prices, particularly due to supply bottlenecks in some sectors. Well, housing uh, prices are up 20%. I mean, the first thing I saw when I said that was, I, I want to call my wife and say, do we have any houses left to sell? What do you mean? You're still buying houses. You haven't sold no, any. We sold the Bitcoin houses. Thousands we bought on Bitcoin. All right. I, I can't keep up with you with the buying and selling of homes. But there's some of what, uh, what, what Powell's going to have to say. Well, that's really um, good. 19% yeah, but he, how about the, No, it ends port. with inflation expected to drop back toward our longer run 2% goal, which takes me back to a conversation you and I have been having since we were now together. And I remember when we were in Englewood Cliffs for those months there. And yeah. I would, you know, you'd say transitory, I, and I'd say maybe not. And you'd I, say I, I potato, and I'd say potato. I, yeah, I have a new theory. I call it the great resign. Okay. Great resign. Okay. Everyone's resigning from these jobs. Now, I spoke with Lance Fritz last night from Union Pacific. Yes. People don't have your work, I think, Jim. Thank heavens. Uh, they are done. They are, they're sitting on a lot of money, trillions of dollars they got, and they're playing games and they're not going to work. And the, the, the work is not enticing to people who don't need it. They don't need it. They don't want to be truck drivers, for heaven's sake. They don't want to be container operators. They have a lot of money. And when that money runs out, then they'll go back to work. Not until the money runs out. They're busy gamifying. We're going to talk about that. You're uniting a lot of the different things that we're going to discuss I'm trying to weave. They haven't run out of money yet. You didn't like the great resign? Well, the great great resignation has been been used quite a bit of late. I mean, got it from last night from someone at a bar. I thought it was around. I, was, I, I asked you, I keep, really. The great resignation. I it has that was really, um, and oh, of course, the whole stack. How many I'm people. supposed to say stack. Stack's always good. Just say stack. Stack. Think stack. The stack. That's sort of a software thing, stack. Um, you know what? We have, uh, we have uh, uh, Lance Fritz from last night talking with you a bit about sort of where we You're are. You're willing to run a clip of something I have? And balancing capacity with supply. Take a listen to uh, the CEO of, uh, of uh, Union Pacific. Union Pacific. Union Pacific. Yeah, I know. Might take a little longer than six months, Jim, but I, I do believe it's transitory. I think it's all about balancing out capacity with supply. And everything you see says 
demand coming inbound is substantial, way up. And capacity to handle it just hasn't grown to match. Well, I have to tell you, I've followed Lance's career. I've had him on many times. When that interview finished, you get to speak sometimes. That, you know, I said, oh, my, you, you weren't that bullish. I, I was hoping you would be more bullish. He said, I can't be more bullish. He said, these problems are intractable right now. I said, yeah, but, like, you're always kind of positive about, you know, how about the trains that go from west to east, and then they're filled with stuff. He, no, all the containers are in the east. It may be grain. I mean, I said, well, yeah, but how about the workers that, that come back to work? doesn't sound like maybe precision they, railroading to me. No, no, I said, well, how about, like, maybe they lengthen the hours. They had that interview earlier with uh, that gentleman on Squawk. And, and I was begging Lance. I said, Lance, I got to go to work tomorrow, basically. I need something positive. Wouldn't give it to you? No. Nothing. I said, that's not the way it works. No. It's not, like, it's not on there to say something positive. Okay, all of which means what? That the uh, that the tenure will continue to kind of grind that's a little my, bit higher yeah, in terms of point. yield and I that said we that will on, still see. I said that on the earlier show. Yes, you did. I so know you said way too much in the earlier show. Sometimes you seem I to didn't forget. Mention Ford. This is your show. Yeah, this is my show. This is your show. Well, I need I need Carl quickly talking about AMD because I don't want to get in trouble with Boss Man All right. here. Well, actually, yeah, let's do that. Let's get to Carl the code. Of course, Lisa Sue did have some important things to say about chip and chips, chips and chip supply, Carl, uh, in an interview you guys did with her. Yeah. Uh, guys, there's been a lot of anticipation coming into code uh, this year, not uh, the least of which is because it was unable to happen last year. And day one really has started out with the bang. To your point, uh, we have Satya Nadella talking about monopoly in the search business, Gary Gensler on policy and crypto, Ted Sarandos talking about vertical integration. But given that news of the day, you do kind of have to start with Lisa Sue of AMD talking to Kara Swisher and John Fort about this supply and demand cycle and why this particular cycle is different. Take a listen. It has not cooled off. I would say demand has, you know, if you think about the semiconductor industry, we've always gone through cycles of ups and downs where, you know, demand has exceeded supply or vice versa. This time it's different. And what's different this time is every industry needs more. And so, you know, the confluence of that means that uh, there, is a, there is an imbalance. I will say that there's a tremendous amount of investment going in. So, uh, there are you know, over 20 new factories that are coming online this year and, and you know, 20 more, you know, 20 plus more in, um, uh, in planning. And um, so it's still going to be tight. You know, this year's tight. First half of next year, likely tight. But it'll get better as we get into That's 2022. Where, where are they? Interesting comments uh, coming on the heels of Jim Farley on Squawk today talking about maybe not uh, this year, uh, maybe not first half of next year, but the situation uh, eventually getting better as we work our way into the second half of 2022. Uh, Nadella, fascinating discussion about the types of tools that they are looking to either buy or build. And this particular moment, guys, on search and what, in his view, it's going to take to make that business competitive. One thing that I sort of look at is, hey, when was the last time sort of lots of funding went into search? Yeah. Uh, other than good old Microsoft, you right. know, where we spend billions of dollars trying to compete. Good old them. Microsoft. That's uh, what I it's say. like we're going to be at it because right. that market has to get competitive. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's kind of like the most ridiculous thing that is the biggest market uh, in the world is just a complete monopoly. 
Take a look at the lineup, guys, for later on today. Uh, some big names. Elon Musk, Marguerite Vestiaire of the EU uh, com Competitive Regulatory Framework, Jason Kylar of uh, Warner Media, Mark Benioff of Salesforce, and Ari Emanuel of Endeavor, uh, the CEO of Endeavor, guys. You know, the themes at Code are sort of very familiar this year. Uh, mobility, regulation, streaming, cloud, gaming, crypto. But it's also going to be a lesson as to how live events happen, how uh, corporate conference, conferences happen again. And hopefully we get some lessons on that as we try to find our way around this pandemic in corporate life. But to your earlier point, David, uh, the supply chain issues, whether it's China or Europe, uh, are going to be key. And Lisa Sue definitely hit it last night. Yeah. Uh, Jim, obviously, you know Lisa uh, as sure. well or better than anybody. And I've talked to her so many times. A you know, anything that you heard there that was new or updated yes. from the last time you spoke yes. to her? Yes. Well, what's happened is, is that we're now in this lose-lose situation. There's an outfit called New Street. Uh, and they put out a piece, Semiconductors, Time to Talk Cycle Again. People use yeah, it. Yeah, New Street Research, yeah. But... You heard what Lisa Sue said. There's factories coming on. Now they're saying, okay, time to downgrade. Too many factories coming on. Right. And, and so you can't win here. You, you want to buy AMD because things are tight. But now New Street says, watch out. Things are going to be loose and get rid of AMAT, uh, ASM. Well, you've also pointed us to MU when they report as well. Well, so that, I mean, I just yeah. got a note today from an outfit that just says, look out. It's going to be, the numbers going to be bad. They're on gonna, Micron. Yeah. yeah. And they're going to uh, so cut take numbers. a look, of course, NVIDIA. Which but is, I have Mr. Morocho on tonight, so why don't we just listen to him? Or is that? I think you we should. Know, when the stock um, was at 34, he said, look, I'm going to buy all the stock again. Then it went to 90. Uh, I actually think that we should listen to CEO rather than the sell side. Okay. Uh, Carl, I think you're still there. I just wanted to come back to you because that, that Nadella comment about search and then talking about, what did he say? The biggest market is a complete monopoly. Seemed to be a little, I don't know if you call it incendiary, but interesting. Throwing, throwing some, uh, you know, throwing a rocket uh, at uh, Alphabet there. Yeah, I mean, I would argue uh, definitely a little bit more fiery on stage than you might argue he's been on television. But I mean, look at the numbers in terms of market share on search. Maybe you could argue over time it's gotten a little more incrementally competitive. But I think he's talking about shaking it up the way we have seen shakeups in other types of uh, mega cap tech industries. And search is definitely just, I don't know, Jim, maybe you disagree, but. Uh, it seems like he does see some white space for people to come in and start well, stealing, nibbling uh, at the Giants. Well, maybe, but I think, Carl, we all, those of us who have a Hewlett Packard system, like the, one of the worst things that could happen is Bing. It suddenly Bing's up. And it's like, oh, my God, I don't want Bing. Bing? How did it get to Bing? And you realize, like, you hit the wrong button, it got to Bing. Come on, David, if you get to Bing. I mean, the only thing I think about Bing was that, like, I do a white Christmas. I mean, Bing. I mean, you know, Bing, bang. I remember when, when I remember, Carl, when, when Bomber was in charge and I went to school with Bomber. He was business manager when yep, I was there yep. the Crimson. And it's like, you know, he was busy trying to be in search, right, with MSNBC doing search. And now the kiss of death, the total dead end, is when you get Bing. Carl, it is so Wait, bad. You don't, you don't I mean, use I feel, uh, Ask Mr. Jeeves? Yeah, I got I Remember miss him. Mr. G, I miss, I miss, I miss Sibu Play. IAC bought that, asked Jeeves. And then well, it became asked. And smart. I don't know where it is. But you, you days, should but. you should ask Nadella. Like when he gets Bing, doesn't he like doesn't he say, shoot, I guess I gotta go to Google? I mean, does he use Bing? I remember at my college reunion when thirty fifth, when right next to me, Steve Bomber put out he had a Microsoft flip phone. Yes, I remember and this story. I, and I, and the, it said, what do, what do people most want out of life? 
and it said they want more time and vacation. And he said to me, look at this phone. I quit. Hey, you know he owns a big team. Yes, he does. He's happier than anyone. He is. Except for maybe, maybe, who's the happiest man in the world? I don't know. Mark Cuban. Oh, yeah. He's got a lot of good things going on. Mr. Mr. Fabulous. That was... That's tough. That was tough for me to guess that. Who's the oh, happiest man in the world? You ran, you ran Jeopardy. You can do anything. All right. Well, I'm not sure about that. Coming up, though, Robinhood CEO Vlad Tenev is going to answer his company's oh, critics. Good. It's in an op-ed, and the Wall Street Journal will give you some details of that. But most importantly, take a look at futures. We start trading here in 15 minutes, and, of course, we are looking for a lower open, although NASDAQ coming back ever so slightly. We'll keep an eye on uh, those mega-cap tech names, which do seem to be suffering at least when we start trading a few minutes from now. We're back with more Squawk in the Street. Right at the Bing! The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big-picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has issued another warning to Congress about raising the debt limit in a letter to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Yellen says the Treasury will exhaust its extraordinary measures by October 18th. She had previously said the measures would be exhausted sometime in October. So now you've got the date, Jim. October 18th. October 18th. And they can push things out. And then they that's as far as they can do it before they can't pay their bills. Well, look, it's just in, we know that Costin did some good work at Goldman. Yes. saying don't get overly concerned with yes. this. Uh, there are so many other issues in, in our plate that I am going to go with Costin. And so you're don't. not going to be concerned about the raising no, of the I debt ceiling? No, I think you have ceiling. to be concerned as a, watching stocks go lower. Okay. But he's basically saying it's, it's an opportunity to buy versus inflation, which I don't regard as an opportunity to buy. Uh, well, something else we've talked a great deal about over these last, really, the last year is Robinhood, uh, that trading platform. Its CEO, Vlad Tenev, defended his company's 
platform and its users. It was in a Wall Street Journal op-ed slamming critics who called the uh, who called the app gamified. He says a ban on payment order flow, by the way, unlikely to actually help retail investors. That's something that has certainly been yeah. raised a number of times by right. SEC chair right. Gensler. Right. We've talked about it. Uh, Tenev goes on to say, quote, the democratization of markets threatens the existing order. New investors are trying to build stable financial futures and reverse the inequities that plague our society. One wonders whether the push to ban payment for order flow and overregulate modern design is about investor protection or really about control. I thought this was a very reasonable editorial. I particularly like the fact that he does say that new investors are trying to build stable financial futures, reverse inequities. I do see uh, there are substantial number of people who trade options every day, but there's also a substantial number of people who are invested. There are, but there are a substantial number of people who do, to your point, trade options, who also trade in and out every day. They're going to college campuses and and, and giving giving kids money to open new accounts. Not a lot, but I mean, you know, doesn't that, I don't know. Is that about building for the... Maybe it is, well, but I happen to know that cohort a bit, and I will tell you a lot me, of them tell are... Tell me more. They're trading on their phone the same way they bet on games. They don't want to go to school it's or anything? the same thing. They're in, they go to school, they're, they're going to class, and then they're buying and selling Bitcoin. Well, that's, stocks. that's not constructive. It's not constructive. It's also going to end up where people are going to lose money. Now, I'll say that, yeah. and these people come in and wreck my mentions column... And say, you know what, Jim Cramer, who doesn't know anything, says we're going to lose money. I'm actually saying, just think about investing. Don't trade. Try to own some good stocks into this decline, and I think you'll do well. But I think that option trading may be a sucker's game at this point. Um, I mean, if you're trading in and out, in and out. Right, and we do see a lot of options. Particularly, again, this this SPAC phenomenon I've just been discussing for weeks now in terms of high redemptions and then kind of crazy, the options volume. You got a new one? I want to... Uh, not today. I don't have a new one for you today. But I do want to get to Carl because uh, Carl Gensler, who we had on a couple of weeks ago, was also at Code. And I assume talking in part about some of these very same things. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, listening to or reading that line from, from Tenev about the existing order, uh, threatening the existing order. is sort of what Gensler responded to on stage last night, whether it was crypto or SPACs or payment for order flow. He basically argued that he's essentially... Uh, tech neutral, tech agnostic, but he did say that when instruments operate outside of public policy, it tends not to end well. Here's what he said. Very few things in finance end well when they stay outside of our public policy frameworks. To think that a field that's grown tenfold in the last 18 months, and I don't mean just tenfold in asset value, but in terms of in terms of the the lending, the underlying lending, and and so much more, to think that that's going to stay outside of these big public policy frameworks and succeed. If if you're pro-technology, then I think you'd want to also be, uh, uh, find your way inside of a public policy framework. Fascinating uh, back and forth there, uh, whether they uh, whether it's a coincidence or not, the op-ed from Tenev, Jim, and that comment with Preet Bharara on stage. Well, look, I mean, Carla, everything is really a, a lot more in flux than I, I would think. I mean, I really think, by the way, that we keep coming back to Tether. Everyone keeps going back to uh, this situation where you have this stable coin that may not be that stable. And it's time for this Tether to tell us what they own particularly if they had any exposure to China, which we've forgotten for a couple of days, but we shouldn't. No, 
hard to forget China given everything uh, happening there and its impact on our markets as well, not to mention so many investors who own significant chunks of, uh, of those companies that trade here. But up next, we're going to get uh, Jim's mad dash. We'll count you down to that opening bell. Let's give you one more look at futures before we uh, do that. About six and a half minutes to go before we get started here at the New York Stock Exchange. A lot more squawk on the street for you straight ahead. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create. Like Olu Shei, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Got a few minutes till we get to that opening bell. You can see where futures stand. We are weakening again on the NASDAQ futures. That'll be a focus for us, of course, when we open four or so minutes from now. We'll see how Bank of Cap Tech is doing, given, you know, a bit of a rotation once again towards those under-owned industrials, cyclicals. We're back right well, this. All right, we're going to squeeze in a very tight, mad dash before we get to an opening bell. Wells Fargo. Morgan Stanley goes by to hold last week kind of th- what I thought was a throwaway question to uh, Jerome Powell. Talk about, well, when is the cap going to be lifted? Well, he said, you know what, it's going to take a little while. Now they're saying it's not going to be until fourth quarter of 23. That would be very bad for Wells. When Capital Trust owns it, I don't believe it. The asset cap removal for those who follow this closely, perhaps as, as Jim just said, to the fourth quarter of 23. You do have Morgan Stanley again, as you pointed what out. What did Sharp do? It'll be a drag for longer downgrading. the big board. Money Lion, a digital finance platform celebrating its recent listing via SPAC. Over the NASDAQ data analytics startup Amplitude. That was a direct listing, right? Meaning they did not raise actual uh, capital from right. the. Uh, I went through that perspective. That's very hard. They're up, against, they're up against Adobe. Very, very tough competitive business. On their website, they say one of their clients is Postmates, which does no longer exist. It's now bought by Uber. Right. So they should update, given the fact that they did a listing. I would update my website if I were them. Uh, just that's, a nitpicking that, thing that's about good advice. When that, I do homework, I you look at it and I say, mm, geez, I would have updated that. Uh, all right, back to the broader markets. Of course, we talked about at the top of the show, we are going to see a bit of a sell-off in some of the uh, the biggest technology right. names, the five biggies, as we like to uh, call them, with the largest market values all well over, well, I shouldn't say that, almost all over a trillion. Facebook now below a trillion, in part because it's been selling off lately. Uh, not due to rotation out of technology, but no. due to its own issues, particularly as they pertain to that Wall Street Journal series of stories a week or so ago. Um, all right, every time we see them sell off a bit, come back a couple no, of weeks but later. Gotta wait. You have to wait, because what happens is we're at the end of the month. Who's ever trying to get rid of these stocks is not done. I mean, they don't just like say, okay, I'm finished, because they have huge, huge positions in these names. And when they started selling futures in the morning, when I used to be uh, at a hedge fund, you would see this kind of selling and you'd say, wow, 
I mean, they're trying. These yeah. brokers are trying to get ahead of gigantic sales. I, I do. You know, it's. I, I think it is important to make the point, Jim. You know, we talk about coming back to these stocks. It, Amazon and Apple have lagged the broader market dramatically this year and continue to. Amazon is only up a little over three percent. Apple now backing off yet again from its recent highs is now up eight percent for the year. It's not been a great year if you've owned those. As- no, it hasn't. Uh, it, and what's happened is, is that you have to decide whether you want to be in and out of them in the sense that Alphabet was not a great time for a while. And then it, then it just got reborn. Netflix wasn't great. And then suddenly Netflix, you can't, Microsoft, good example, that I just say, listen, if you flit in and out of these, you tend to mo- miss the moves. But yes, it, it, it's been a trader's rally. It's been a Nat Gaz rally. It has. Let's talk Nat Gas for a moment. So we hear some cheering here from the people who are for the money line IPO. Um, Nat Gas is up again. It's I mean, every day it seems to be going up seven, eight percent. I guess we can take a look. We also talk. There are only three. They call it the widowmaker, and that's because people are short it now. Shreve Suki, I just Jim, two to, you know, two what? bucks was where we were for so okay, long. Shreve Suki says it does halt at six and a half. Carly Garner, great, a great nat gas trader, says it's going to run out of steam six and a half seven. There is a lot of natural gas. It's kind of like the gasoline situation in in UK. There is a lot of there gasoline. is, but we're heading into winter, and that typically does well. Nat gas is a, a there is a ton of nat gas. Don't blame the exports. The exports are consistent. Blame right. the pipeline system, which is not consistent, and it's very hard to get a pipeline built in this country. Uh, you certainly don't have a pro. Gives you a sense of so just the move over the last three months. Of course, if you go back a long period of time, you'll see where NatGas has been for a long time, which is a great deal lower. Europe is, is suffering far higher prices 15, than we are. 16. That's why uh, Tellurian, if you want a $4 flyer yes. versus Chenier, which is in the 90s, then bet, bet on that one because that's one that's on the come. And the other one, but by the way, is, is not yet. They haven't built their trains yet to actually get the stuff out. Oh of no, it. it's just a dream. It's a dream, it's a kind of. A, so enormous like capital Vegas was with Bugsy Siegel. Right. I mean, you know, I know Freeport pretty well, private, but uh, one of the one of the bigger LNG exports. Fourteen, Fourteen billion dollars is what it costs These to build are those gigantic things. projects. And, and again, if we were down there, we would think, "Wow, America's an industrial might." Instead, when I listen to the railroads or anybody, we don't make anything here. We assemble. Ah, we assemble, You know David. what? That, that's a perfect lead-in, though, to Ford. Yes. We don't make anything here. Come on. Ford is going to be building new assembly plants for batteries and electric vehicles. This was huge. Now, remember, he's got, he's got a, a partner, but it's $11.4 billion investment. I regard this as the most important uh, announcement from Ford. I don't know. I mean, I went on a long time. I mean, look, this is it. This is it, and it's partly through the Mach-E 5. It's partly because of the F-150 Lightning. Uh, but this is... Tennessee seems to be, as a state, the beneficiary yes, of a lot of this. Now, it doesn't take as many jobs on the assembly line. No. Uh, but it's still to certainly build, better to have to build, than not. And, and what I love about Jim Farley is he recognizes the bottleneck is the battery. Right. And, he's and they're partnering with, what, with SK, right? With, yeah, uh, but they have a special battery that they're using that a lot of people feel is very competitive to... Uh, your, your guys at Quantum Scan. My guys, yes. <laughs> See, uh, David had, I just want to explain the way show works. David once had the Quantum Scape CEO. Yeah, first, first interview he yes. did. Never, so, never interviewed him again. No. So You did about 17 times. Jagdeep. But so it's what my, happens yes. is I make fun of him because yes. my father was called the needler and I am a needler. All right, I am a needless needler. All right, oh, good. So, now people on Twitter say, "See, Kramer, back to, Kramer knows he's irrelevant." Back to QuantumScape because that's interesting. Do you think it's a threat to them longer term? 
No. This effort that Ford is undertaking? Oh, yeah, I, do, I think that the technology may be superior for Ford. I'm going to have the uh, battery company on later this week to explain. You're such a Farley fanboy, though. I, mean, I am a Farley fanboy. I love anything that they come up well, with. Well, you know what? There. You know why I'm a Farley fanboy? Tell me why. Because the stock goes higher. Mm. If, if the stock goes lower, you think I'm a, I no. am a fickle friend. That's You are a fickle friend and a Farley fanboy. But I am a Farley fanboy. And you are. Well, look, I told you this is Ford versus Ferrari, and in this one, Ford wins. And you. Well, Ferrari's got some new interesting designers. You like Ferrari? Are you a, yeah? Ferrari? Uh, I happen to love a Lamborghini. Right. And, uh, when I test drove a Lamborghini, my white test drove a Lamborghini, that's a remarkable car. Most of them go to China, of course. Yeah. Because the Chinese have all the money. Um, all right, let's talk about uh, some sectors. You know, yesterday we talked financials. They are up again today, Jim. Yeah, Morgan Stanley. Uh, and of course, energy is also having a, a, a decent, or, decent early run here with Exxon Devin. and Chevron both up over one percent. You know, I spoke to the starboard guys. The yesterday. starboard guys. Yeah, Peter Phil, in preparation for my conference. Yes. They, engine, engine one. Yes. I mean, they blew it, Exxon. They did not have a real plan to decarbon. Uh, but even the carbon guys who have deep plans, there are people who are suspicious of everyone in the natural gas and oil business. That who say that they're they going to try to decarbonize. Yeah, there's nothing they can uh, do. Listen, I happen to think Exxon's efforts are real. There's certainly no doubt that that board of directors that, uh, that Darren Woods and the executive team at so Exxon is now dealing with but what are those is meetings pretty like? serious. What are those meetings I, like? I would, what about society? I would assume they're pretty constructive. <laughs> But I think it's a good question. I think it's a good question. I would love to have, be a fly on the wall in one of those meetings. That's what they do. Like, you know, like what? Meanwhile, as we, as, as we pointed out, the stock has had a very nice move this year. More or less almost double that. Well, of, of of its, uh, almost that double of Chevron's move, well, which has had a, a good year, up 23% as a stock. You don't doubt Mike Worth's efforts. I think Mike Worth is But somehow real. you do doubt I was doubt out with someone last night who said... You know, there are a lot of people who doubt Mike Worth, but when he upped it from $3 billion to $10 billion, he yes. got the downgrade from J.P. Morgan, yes. he's not done spending. He does not want to be, uh, he doesn't want his legacy to be that he greenwashed. He's investing in technologies that could be, uh, produce more energy with less carbon, which I think we all have to admit is, is not what we want. No, that is absolutely what we want. Uh, and they seem committed to it on a number of fronts. It's hard to imagine we're even having a conversation about the largest oil companies in the country, if not the world, talking about footprint. Yes, and potentially, who knows, one day we may see one of them say that they're going to actually be carbon neutral. Well, how about the fact that that oil dollars is under pressure to be carbon neutral? So what do they do? They give a big uh, carbon to Conoco. Yeah. (laughs) And Conoco's not under pressure. Conoco's a great stock here. I mean, a great stock. Oh, Morgan Stanley, Adam Jones immediately has a piece out here on Ford, sticks with his underweight. Adam, could you spend like five, I, I happen to like that, but could you spend like five, six more minutes before you keep the underweight? Like maybe like just, hey, like Farley. He is not a Farley fanboy. <laughs> He's not a Farley. Well, not everybody can be. I sent some pictures. I went to an uh, antique car show this yes. weekend. Yes. I, took, I took pictures, sent them right to Farley. You did. To remember the legacy of Ford. Right. The legacy. He said, thank you. Good. Yeah. Are you upset that he was on Squawk Box and not with you? Livid. Okay, good. Just wanted to make sure. Spent all morning railing about it. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear it. Yeah, to Ben Stoto. Okay. I was just, I was, a, I, but I love Phil so much, I didn't mind. No, Phil does a great thing. Um, 
Tesla's up, GM's up, Ford is up. I talked about the Tesla's bank briefly. up because of deliveries. You talked about uh, uh, Wells Fargo, which is the only bank that is down in part because of this asset cap. And Everything that's else so is wrong. Is that, that just downgrade is wrong? All right, you think the Morgan Stanley downgrade of Wells is right. wrong, but what about the group? Is that is that generally? Yeah, the groups, uh, look, interest rates go higher, they buy them. Rates go but, higher, okay, they but here, Here's the issue. People have to remember that these companies do report. They report in about, in a fortnight. Yes. All right? Which is the equivalent of two weeks. Correct. Just for like a little insight there. Yes. And, and, and when they report, they don't say, you know what, our stock's up because rates are up a little bit. No, they have to deal with what they, the hand that they've dealt with. So oh, JPM, uh, I don't think I've ever seen it with a half a billion dollar market cap. I might be wrong, but I think that's I think right near its all Can you highs. believe that it sells for 11 times earnings? Jamie Dimon can, must get up every day half and a say, trillion, I cannot me. believe I'm I 11. I said half a billion. I meant does half he, a does trillion. He, he says that he, I'm 11 times. Does he say that? Uh, I mean, like the Eagles lost his eyes. I say to my wife, we look, bitch. You're not the Eagles. Just does Jamie Dimon say, just stop complaining I'm about a, your multiple. Get your earnings up. Enough. I don't want to hear it. You're not going to get multiple expansion. Just get your earnings up. And by the way, you know what? You missed a lot of this fintech stuff. PayPal's got a $320 billion market. Yeah, I know he did. He said, hey, listen, what what did we do? I think he said they stunk or something. Hey, how about this piece about Disney? Paradise loss. Negative piece about Who wrote that? Wells Fargo. Cut to 218 to 203. Hey, I'll take 203. Uh, uh, They said they have a lot of wood to chop. Now, that's an interesting analogy. A lot of wood to chop. I mean, well, what is it? why didn't they say, like, in Pluto's well, got his I think domestic subs, I think HBO Max actually has more domestic subs than Disney Plus. But Disney Plus has been, an un, uh, uh, without a doubt, incredible success. Thank you. Incredible. Uh, I think in terms the, of how quickly like they have added so many I, Did you like Paradise Lost? Uh, Milton's very Milton? hard to read. Yes, he was. Milton's tough. I think I did try Who to do you think is harder? Uh, do you think The Dubliners is the hardest book you ever read? That's uh, James Joyce. Yeah. Uh, Yes, uh, Ulysses. I did actually Ulysses get through. Ulysses is really hard. That was hard. I took a whole semester of Ulysses. So did I. Ho- did you really? Yeah. Well, I was an English. Major. Really? Yeah. Were you really? Yeah. There's no future in that. My father. No, said. there wasn't. He said, no. "If you're an English major, I'm, I'll disown I'm you." I'm living proof of it. Look at look. I'm sitting here every day with it. you. Will you stop it? Think of the things I might have done if I hadn't been an English major. Um, I want to talk about streaming, though. I think is Carl right, is Carl out there somewhere uh, in L.A. for us? Because they had. I think they had Serendos at, at Code as well, Carl, and he had some things to say. Of course, Netflix, where are they? Oh, at man. $17 billion? Yeah. I mean, they're going to uh, crowd everybody out in terms of how much they're spending. David, uh, Ted Serendos definitely came to play uh, last night here at Code. Uh, opened the kimono a little bit on uh, viewership data, uh, pushing back on the notion that perhaps Netflix data is a little bit opaque. Talked about the top shows and viewer numbers and by hours watched. Uh, threw a little bit of shade at uh, other streamers. Uh, arguing that maybe they win their Emmys on shows that are not widely watched while they win Emmys on their biggest tits. And then talked a lot about how, unlike other uh, streamers, they're not torn or conflicted trying to serve the streaming audience as well as the exhibitor audience. Take a listen to this. I believe our advantage is that we're not conflicted in our business. So we make our programming for our members on Netflix. So there's a other, when you're kind of managing through legacy businesses, you're trying not to kill them too fast. You see how the studios today are conflicted about when to put movies out. Uh, in his words, uh, do they uh, put them on direct? Do they put them on in theaters? Do they wait 45 days? Do they wait 14 days? Those are problems uh, we don't have. One other thing, Jim, he talked a bit about gaming as the next evolution, arguing that people are going to be gaming a lot more in 10 years, 20 years than they do today. Uh, he did say that at one point 
you know, you think about Netflix's evolution, there was a time at which they didn't do original content. Then there was a time where they didn't do unscripted. There was a time where they didn't do foreign language. And one day we'll say there was a time where Netflix didn't do gaming, but that time will change. I think you're right, Carl. Remember the metaverse, which we've got to stop making fun of because Roblox is real and Unity's real and uh, NVIDIA's real. But Facebook is capable of making games in the future, Carl, where you are able to watch yourself dance, you're able to watch yourself sing. I mean, I think we'll all do that. I think that that would be a lot of fun. So I think that gaming is in the future, but it might be Facebook that makes the product, Carl. Wouldn't that be something? Uh, very possible, Jim. I know you were all over the, the metaverse, which is all it's all sort yeah. of funneling that way. Right. This environment it in is. which we listen to new music and we see new content all in a an environment that is kind of hard to envision right now. Yeah. And don't forget also, and I keep coming back, Carl, maybe how many people are talking about TikTok out there as being the preferred way to reach people these days? Yeah, TikTok was definitely real. A, uh, later on, we'll show you the, the soundbite where Nadella talked about the TikTok saga under the Trump White House and how it was one of the in, it was one of the strangest uh, ordeals that he's ever lived through in his cor- his corporate career. Uh, but yeah, TikTok continues to make yeah. waves. It's a big topic of oh, discussion here. Wanna... Oh, I can't wait to hear that. I was Dr. Gottlieb was one last of the night. stranger stories uh, I've ever reported well, no, on. I remember read... TikTok, Microsoft, <laughs> and Oracle, and remember Walmart, and of course, none of it ever actually amounted to anything Bill, because Bill the whole Ford, thing was General Lannan. Well, he still they still own a lot of it. Well, now the yeah. question becomes ByteDance, TikTok's parent, and what it's really worth given everything that's going on in China. Even though TikTok, wow. obviously itself here in the U.S., is an incredibly are any, successful Are there platform. any more billionaires that suddenly are under arrest? That, none that I'm aware of. What do but, they charge they them have, with when they? The couple of they don't charge were, them. They don't charge them. No. It's very different from the United States. Really do process. Um, but by Habeas the way, corpus. when I hear you talk about Facebook and the metaverse, I can't help but that th- that's going to work out real well. I'm sure. Well, I, I'm for talking, all of us and for society, to, right? To Benioff. That's going to be. A, that's going to just work. Oh out no! Great. It's, it's you're going to be able to create. Literally, I can create yeah. you, uh-huh. and I can have you say, you know, Jim, you're the smartest person I've ever met. I've ever met. Right. I will, and no one will know no that one it's not know. you. Right. And then you can just say, you know what, Jim, you should come on Jeopardy. I think you crush it. It would be none of the things that you would say, and no one would know the difference. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, Facebook. Hey, look, stock's down another two and a half percent. Oh, it's probably a buy at a certain point, for heaven's sake. Uh, Where's Zuckerberg? Say, he's Zuckerberg. I mean, you know, he's like enough. He's like talking about like well, Apple's not that any good about child. But, I think Apple is good. So, but Jensen's going to take care of us at Nvidia. He's going to make sure the metaverse is a is a is a kind place. He wants place where to, all our dreams will come true. I mean, the problem is is that it's a platform. And remember, you can get that room together. People can discuss Shakespeare and Milton, and they're not real people. And so you don't feel like you're alone. You do wonder uh, as well what the impact of the metaverse will be and or advances, at least in that kind of technology, for work from home and or the ability not to be in an office. I mentioned it because yesterday I was with the CFO of a very, very large company. I won't name which one. Their offices are empty here in New York. Empty. Nobody. Nobody. I know. And, you know, the expectation really is, yeah, maybe they come back in January, some uh, people, some of the time. The February. And, but maybe they just don't. Well, the breakthroughs. The breakthroughs uh, are incredible. What? Tired The breakthroughs, you don't, you're not overly sick. Dr. Fieber. No, I listen to Gottlieb. Love Gottlieb. 
Yes. The scenes in the White House. And he's talking about in the White House where Massoff, President Massoff, how he got COVID. Hilarious. People must read this book. I know you like the book. The book is good. It it's is. Patron. Uncontrolled spread. I had him on last night. Yeah, got I, I got him to smile. He's, Still by the, the way, on the board of Pfizer. Yes, he is. Still to come right here, Fed Chair Powell and Treasury Secretary Yellen, they are both set to testify before the Senate Banking Committee. Of course, we are going to bring you live coverage of that. First, though, let's get to uh, a bond report this morning. Of course, we've talked about Treasuries a number of times. The yields have been moving up of late uh, ahead of that testimony from Powell and Yellen. You can see we are at 1557 on that all-important 10-year note. We'll be right back. Take a look there at the uh, NASDAQ 100 heat map. As you see, of course, a lot of red there. Red Sea, in some ways. Electronic Arts Activision. <laughs> it's not part. Where was your God now, Moses? Serious XM. Robinson. Dolphin. Sorry, that I can't help brilliant. it. That was brilliant. I got to do oh that. Oh, my God, Eddie you're G. good. Eddie G. Where was your God now? Do you right. do any Garfield? Yeah, I'll do some Garfield after we come back. But you got to do stop trading first. All right, no problem. Okay. Let's get to stop trading. I always like to find a stock that if it turns, then you're going to get more bullish. And the stock that you have to look at today is Tesla, because a wildly bullish uh, note by Piper talking about 894,000 vehicles and maybe margins good. So watch Tesla. If that one comes back, then you might see the Nasdaq actually try to make a run, not to the necessarily the green, but certainly much uh, it would be an opportunity to buy. So just focus on Tesla. That will be the stock that gives you the key to this market, so to it is. I think it's what the sixth largest market cap, right after the top five. Oh no, five. it's for I think real, it's man. Six, right? Seven hundred eighty. It's much bigger than Ford, even billion. though Ford's doing yeah. what you find in the universe. Yeah. Uh, all right. What do you got on Mad tonight, David? Everyone's wanted me to have Sonos on because when you get a house, you get Sonos. So I've been begging for them to come on. By the way, this is a Katie Huberty name. Katie Huberty put the wood to Logitech today. Just put the wood to it. I mean, yeah. like she was down there giving Logitech the business. But I like, you know, she loves Sonos. What? We all love Sonos. We I, all know, love I got Sonos. a lot of Sonos. So I got on one place, I got to do the old software because I have old stuff. And the right. new one, I got the new. You've been using Best Buy to bring anything in? No. They've, they've looked at supply chain. They saw it coming. Really? Yeah, she's really smart. Quite right. Um, Jim, I will see you right here tomorrow. Hey, this was and an exciting, exciting show. Thank I you. feel better that we're not with uh, Carl. Carl, but, but man, does he have a guest? But, but he's with us, kind he's of. Kind of. No, but I'm saying that spirit. his guests yeah, are amazing out there. There he is. I know you got a lot more coming up, Carl, later yeah. uh, on Tech Check. I know that. By mistake, I, I, uh, I, I got Bing. Bing, I had the Eagles beat the Cowboys. I said, oh, I like Bing now. Uh, guys, we're going to watch the tech sell-off, obviously being driven by some macro issues, but we're going to keep our eye on code, of course. You'll see Elon Musk on the tape later today, Jason Kylar, Warner, Mark Benioff of a Salesforce. And then on Tech Check, Jim Breyer will talk some fang is with uh, Breyer, Breyer Capital, uh, David Marcus of Facebook, and Qualcomm's Cristiano Amon, as uh, it's a good day to be here in Beverly Hills watching all things tech and the code conference, guys. I wish I were there. These are the people you need to talk to, Carl. This is just a fantastic day. You'll come back with more wisdom than we'll ever have. Really great. Yeah, well, that's always, that's actually usually the case. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. What's on the horizon for financial markets? 
At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.